0: Welcome everyone to Science Society and of course a special welcome to you Takeo for taking the time to come here and before we start let me give the audience a short um, introduction and then um, we'll do like a conversation to maybe get to know you as a scientist a little bit better so um uh, professor Takeo Watanabe. He uh, did his uh, PhD in uh, psychology at the University of Tokyo, and um, he taught at Boston University before then starting his position at Brown in two thousand and twelve, uh, where he is now a, a Fred MC Seed Professor, and um, he is in the Department of Cognitive, Linguistic and Psychological Sciences at Brown University. And in his research, he focuses mostly on perceptual learning and the roles of attention and reinforcement signals in learning. And um, yeah, it's such an honor having you here. And I think it's such a important uh, research field. So, um, how did you discover kind of a passion or an interest into like going into um, Research was it something a childhood dream or did something later on happen that sparked your interest?
1: I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I usually do what, whatever I like to do so um, by my intuition so that's all yeah
0: that's good (laughs) though I mean to follow your interests, it's it's a good (laughs) thing right Um, Mm -hmm. that's that's wonderful so I'm glad you you had the opportunity to do that Um, Thank you so uh, and then how did you become interested in going into this specific field of learning
1: Um, yeah So I, uh, as, as you said, uh, I'm specialized in perceptual learning. Um, however, my interest is learning and memory in general. However, the perceptual learning occurs upon a visual stimulus, which is very clear to everybody. So, so there is not much difference among people what is perceived as com- you know, as opposed to, for example, memory, which has a huge standard deviation across subjects or people. So that's why I thought that uh, to understand learning principles, um, it would be a kind of uh, the fastest way to learn perceptual learning mechanisms.
0: Yeah, I also think that that's a really interesting field and topic and we had, a few, guess because but that were not um, so precisely you know in this field, but related to. So it will be really interesting to discuss um, after your present. You know, you're presenting mm-hmm. your work and the slides. I think. Um, so, yeah, thank you for giving us um, kind of your um, story about. Um, what, what motivates you to to do this research. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so for everyone, the slides are pinned on top of the room. And uh, yeah, the stage is yours. Thank you.
1: All right. So am I supposed to start? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, if you all would right.
1: like. OK, yeah. all right. <laughs> OK, good. So first of all, thank you so much for uh, inviting me uh, to give you a talk in such a great opportunity. Um, So I have to apologize uh, that I actually, I catch a cold and sometimes I need to cough. So that could be kind of noisy. And also, and I also need to apologize that this, uh, this um, cold, you know, made me develop a very strange Japanese accent in English, which I usually speak perfectly. (laughs) I'm just joking. Okay.
0: Same with me. It was COVID <laughs> made my exit.
1: <laughs> okay. So today I'd like to talk about efficient learning in children with rapid GABA boosting after training. All right. Please go to the next slide slide. So if you look at websites or read books, the statement that Children learn better than adults, or children have has um, more capable of learning things uh, more efficiently than adults. You know, um, these um, statements are overwhelming, right? How <clears throat> so? I have been interested in perceptual learning, in basically in adults. Um, then. When we saw, when I saw the statement and I checked uh, scientific evidence for that, there's hardly any, that may be a little too strong, but uh, there is not m- many um, papers focusing on this question. And there's hardly any uh, res- neuroscientific research to systematically investigate uh, how, whether, and how children learn more efficiently than adults. That's why uh, I decided to address this question, okay, using the method I have used, okay. so Actually, um, we come up to uh, the hypothesis that the one of the reasons why children learn s- more efficiently than adults is because children stabilize learning rapidly. So what is stabilize or stabilization? Please go to the next slide. You see the kind of weird, uh, weird pictures, right? So, so to understand the concept of stabilization, let me t- uh, talk about a kind of a specific paradigm okay, uh, for retrograde interference so uh, at the top you see three yellow dots okay the central dot is on the right to the top and bottom dots right so your task so in some trials this stimulus is presented in other trials uh, the stimulus in which all the dots are aligned straight okay are presented and your task is to indicate whether the dot is actually aligned uh, to the other dots or on the right. Okay. To to exaggerate um, the the stimulus, this stimulus is made to be uh, you know that I mean that the the distance between the two dots and the central dot uh, is very much exaggerated however the di- true distance is very very small so at the beginning hardly anyone can tell whether the central dot is on the right or aligned straight okay but as, as a result of practice of, uh, of maybe hundreds of trials uh, subjects, subjects can learn to discriminate between the two situations Okay, that is the procedure, learning of S one. Okay. However, if you look at uh, the bottom, uh, the the middle one, as you see, uh, you <coughs> there are two stimuli, S one, S two. Okay. Assume that training of S one occurs. All right. Then, immediately after. The end of training of S1, you are asked to practice on the stimulus S2. Only difference between S1 and S2 is is whether the central dot is on the right side or on the left. Right? Um, so, if these two trainings are conducted without any time interval between the trainings. What happened is that, what happens is that (laughs) learning of S1 disappeared. Only learning of S2 is observed. So this indicates that um, learning of S2 disrupted learning of S1 that is called retrograde interference right however if you look at the bottom figure, if there's a time interval of uh, a few hours between the two trainings then learning of S1 and learning of S2 are observed in that case no retrograde interference is observed so this Experiment the result indicate that right after learning of S1, okay, the status of learning S1 is plastic or changeable or fragile. Okay? So, so while this learning status is very plastic, if training of, of another stimulus occurred. Then the previous learning is destroyed, okay, and overwritten by learning of the new task, okay. However, if uh, a few hours passed after the training, the, the learning gets stabilized, okay, then after stabilization is complete, even if another learning occurs, the old learning stays. Okay, that is the concept of stabilization. So, if you go to the next one, uh, entitled "Plastician stab- Stability Changes," all right. So, if you look at, uh, you see the plastic, and the stabilized. Okay, please ignore red ones. Okay, so as a result of training, okay the degree of plasticity is enhanced right and then after that the, the plasticity gradually gets down okay uh, to the status of stabilization so this a few hours process is called stabilization okay if some other learning occurs during this stabilization process then the original learning is destroyed or disrupted okay so <clears throat> coming back to the children's issue we assume that children we hypothesize that children m- may more rapidly stabilize learning okay that may be a reason why children learn more efficiently than adults. Okay. So GABA actually plays an important role in stabilization. This is a well-known fact. Okay. However, there's a problem because it is also widely known that children have an immature GABA system up to 24, 25 or 26 years. Uh, in age, okay? So this indicates that the concentration of GABA in children's brain may be lower than adults brain. So this means that these two statements uh, uh, appear to be contradictory to each other, right? So children may rapidly stabilize learning to do that. GABA is necessary. However, the amount of GABA in children is maybe smaller than that of adults. So how can we reconcile this? So to address this question, we conducted an experiment to measure uh, the amount of GABA. I mean, more precisely speaking, uh, the changes in the amount of GABA Okay. Before, during, after training, with adults and children. Go to the next slide, please. And then, then uh, next slide, please. So I talked about uh, visual learning. That is my uh, my specialty. Okay. Visual, visual process. So visual. Do you understand visual? Yeah. So that's kind of a challenging word to a Japanese. So in my class in Brown University, I usually say that when I say visual, this means visual in any case. (coughs) So uh, visual perceptual learning refers to long-term improvement of a visual task as a result of visual experience, Okay. (coughs) So there are some mechanistic differences between uh, the training of visual perception learning and some other types of learning and memory. However, okay, in post-training processing, this indicates that the processing after training, OK, um, mechanisms of this post-training processing is um, generally similar between perceptual learning, visual perceptual learning and many other types of learning memory okay maybe the mo- one of the most famous uh, post-training processing is consolidation of learning during sleep Okay. although I do not go to this consolidation during sleep in any case so this indicates that if we study post training processing using visual perceptual learning we may get a result which could be generalized to some other types of learning and memory okay please go to the next one um, uh, showing magnetic resonance spectroscopy so for the pro- for this purpose okay we used Magnetic resonance spectroscopy, by means of which, usually, glutamate as an excitatory neurotransmitter, and GABA as the chief in- inhibitory neurotransmitter, are measured. Okay, but here for the, in the for the purpose of this experiment, we actually focused on the measurements of GABA, because as I said. GABA is known to play a significant role in stabilization. Okay, ne- please go to the next one. Um, so the first ex- in the first experiment, we uh, employed thirteen children and fourteen adults. So um, maybe some people interested in memory or high-level cognition would think that the numbers of subjects, children, children numbers of a number of adults, could be a little too small. But it's not. That is an advantage of um, doing research of perceptual learning. Usually, perceptual learning and motor learning um, gives much smaller standard deviation in results across subjects than in many other types of learning and memory. Okay. That is one of the reasons I like visual perceptual learning. Okay, if we go to the next slide uh, showing uh, the brain the 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 region you know uh, enclosed by the yellow circle. Okay. No circle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yellow square. That is a region um um uh, belonging to what is called early visual area. Okay. Early, do you, do you know do you understand my pronunciation? Early early process Late. Okay. A friend of mine American friend of mine told me that I should um, name my son Earl so that I will practice early in everyday you know level. In any case my son's name is Louis, not Earl. Um, <coughs> so um, please go to the next slide. Slide. So this is a, uh, the procedure of the experiment, OK? So before the training, uh, GABA me- measurements were made. And also after the training, OK? It's a very simple paradigm. Next slide, please. So this is the uh, the training task, Okay, This is a very famous training task in vision science. For detection, this is called the detection task for orientation, orientation detection task. In each trial, the two stimuli are successively presented, One of them contains orientation. In this particular case, the first stimulus contains orientation. The second stimulus contains only noise, right? And in half of the trials, uh, the stim- a stimulus containing orientation is presented at first, followed by noises. In the other trials, uh, the stimulus containing orientation is presented in the second place the subject task was to indicate which interval contains orientation okay since there I made the orientation appear to be conspicuous here but you the real in the real stimulus there are much more noises so that it's very difficult to tell whether there's any orientation structure in the stimulus or not but by doing practice you will be able to tell or detect orientation easily. Okay? So this is a learning. Learning to detect orientation. Okay? So that is a task uh, and this task was repeated uh, task performance was repeated around 800 to 900 trials in the usual case. If you go to the next slide which shows uh, the results of uh, behavior improvement by training, okay as you see improvement occurred for both children and adults. Also if you go to the next slide the amount of improvement, uh, the amounts of improvement for the two groups are comparable there is no significant difference right then if you go to the next slide which shows okay the amount of GABA in early visual areas for the pre-test and post-test before and after training in adults there's hardly any change in the amount of GABA in adults, right? If you go to the next slide, this shows children's result. So as you see, there's a huge boost, boosting in the amount of GABA after as compared with before the training, okay? So, of course, there is that the, these um, boosting are significantly uh, larger in children as compared with in adults. Then please go to the next slide. OK, so if you go to the the to the right. OK, so I think the F is, is this is kind of left over f- from the graph um, in the paper. OK. So no other meaning. <laughs> anyway sorry about that. Uh, if you go to the, the right and if you see pre-training okay, the blue bar represents uh, the concentration of GABA in children, the red bar for adults. As you see the concentration of GABA before training was indeed much smaller in children than in adults that is consistent with a wide widely spread knowledge that children's GABA system in the brain is immature right however if you look at the children's um, concentration of GABA pre-training training training, and post-training as you see, it increased gradually, right, and rapidly. Gradually and rapidly sounds a little contradictory. I've said that, the <laughs> so gradually would be the the better word. <laughs> Sorry. And then, if you go to the left um, graph, okay, this indicates, okay, more detailed time course of GABA, GABA changes in. Children and adults uh, after training. So zero in the ag- x-axis represents the offset of training. Okay. So as you see, in adults hardly any change in the amount of GABA. However, in children, the, the there is a rapid change. Okay, in the amount of GABA right so mm, in this experiment we found that children increased the GABA concentration in early visual areas during training however no such increase was observed in adults so this suggests what happens okay so in children, do you, okay, please go to the next slide, which indicates um, schem- a schematic figure, schematic graphs for GABA changes in children and adults, okay? So A, B, C are different trainings, okay? So when training A occurs, the concentration of GABA rapidly increases in children and then when training B occurs the same thing occurs when training C occurs the same thing happens right on the other hand if you look at the adult graph okay when training A occurs perhaps GABA level could change a little bit could increase a little bit but not not noticeable, but f- f- with a, with a larger scale, like ours, uh, the GABA level maybe may increase like this. Actually we, uh, that's what we found in the previous study with adults. Okay. So uh, it increases, but it takes two or three hours to get an increased concentration uh, of GABA in adults. So, if you look at that, if you compare these two, it's obvious that more training of different tasks can be done in children than in adults. That is why children may learn things more efficiently than adults in the sense that children can learn more items within uh, the same amount of time than adults all right because unless stabilization occurs okay if during stabilize if during stabilization uh, after learning a if training B occurs then learning a could be destroyed right so you have to wait for a few hours to learn something new after learning of an original item okay in the case of adults but in children okay no such waiting is necessary okay however we just measured okay uh, GABA concentration is this really uh, beneficial Um, I mean that the rapid change in GABA really beneficial to children's learning or not to check that we need to uh, do a kind of behavioral experiment so um, next slide please you see the slide before right so um, this is a concept uh, of stabilization okay so paradigm to indicate how stabilization occurs so I talked about retrograde interference right so this means that if stabilization is complete there's no retrograde interference so this indicates that um, retro- the amount of retrograde in- in- interference is r- inversely correlated with the amount of stable stabilization right so the retrograde interference is a is a good index for stabilization. I mean that re- re- inverse index. So please go to the next one. So <coughs> as I said, retrograde interference is inversely correlated correlated with stabilization. And in our experimental results. Um, The rapid increase in the GABA concentration is likely to lead to rapid stabilization. If that is the case, children may become resilient to retrograde interference with a shorter interval between two trainings than adults, meaning that children can learn things within a shorter interval between two trainings okay without being without getting any retrograde interference retrograde interference okay that is our hypothesis so we conducted the experiment using 14 children and 14 adults so go to the next one i mean next one is uh, the procedure i okay you see the, the there are two trainings okay schematic procedure slide so th- although in the first experiment only training A was conducted but here uh, that there are two trainings being conducted training A and training B okay training A represented in the red rectangle and training B represented By the blue rectangle, okay. And time interval between the two trainings was said to be one hour. Okay, one hour is. So as I said, stabilization starts immediately after the offset of training, and it takes a few hours to get stabilization complete. So one hour is kind of in the middle way of stabilization. This indicated that there should be some retrograde interference occurring, okay? Please go to the next slide. So task was, 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 was the same task as, as in the first experiment, okay? Task A, both task A and task B. The difference between task A and task B was the difference in orientation trained with the procedures otherwise exactly the same between the two tasks okay in task A this orientation was presented and I mean the orientation task A above task A Uh, and in task B a different orientation was presented okay they are actually two orientations are perpendicular to each other okay So please go to the next slide, which shows the results. (coughs) Okay. So this is uh, the percent of improvement. Okay. So if retrograde interference occurred from training B to training A or learning A, learning A should not occur. Whereas learning B should be observed. So that is a case uh, in adults, right? So uh, although this result is not really strong, it may be because um, that interval, time interval between the two tests was one hour. That was stabilization in the middle, right? In any case, this statistically speaking, this shows uh, consistent result with, um, retrograde interference in adults please go to the next so that is retrograde interference okay please go to the next one which shows uh, children's as well as adults result okay in children okay not only learning B but also learning A were observed indicating that there was no retrograde interference in children, okay. And uh, this is a significant difference between adults and children. Uh, and then please go to the next slide which indicates experiment to B, okay. So then we conducted the experiment in which the time interval between the two trainings was as short as 10 minutes. Okay, so we the, actually the, the purpose of this experiment was to, sh- to, to use the, the result as a control result, meaning that children maybe 60 minutes there was some difference but in, in 10 minutes children actually sh- showed both children and adults would show retrograde interference. Then to to find out the how rapid or how long stabilization takes for children, okay. So we, next slide please. Uh, next slide shows um, the training procedure. Only difference between the previous and the current experiment is that uh, the time interval between the two trainings was 10 minutes okay instead of 60 minutes so to, so this is a the next slide shows the result in adults yeah as predicted since time interval was was such a short time as 10 minutes between the two trainings very clear a clearer retrograde interference pattern was observed in adults namely no there's no improvement of task A whereas there was improved significant improvement in uh, task B that is a very very clear pattern of retrograde interference meaning that training of B interferes with learning of A okay and that is an indication of <coughs> st- incomplete Uh, stabilization incomplete right if it is if a was stabilized then there should be no retrograde interference right so so this next slide please so this indicates retrograde interference very clear pattern of retrograde interference please go to the next one which shows children's result to our surprise (laughs) with with such a short interval as 10 minutes children was free from retrograde interference that's surprising this indicates that this suggests I would say that this suggests that uh, uh, please go to the next slide the statistical difference is huge so this results suggest that okay children actually got stabilized within 10 minutes. All right. So we know that uh, it takes at least three hours for adults to get the learning stabilized. There's a huge difference between children and adults, right? Mm. So um, this is the conclusion of of getting all the results together. First, the The first experiment indicates that concentration of GABA in early visual areas in children is smaller, indeed smaller than in adults. That is consistent with a widely spread um, notion that children's uh, GABA system in the brain is immature. That's why the the concentration of GABA in children is indeed smaller than in adults. However, during training, the concentration of GABA rapidly increased in children, right? In contrast, the concentration of GABA in adults stays very constant at least uh, during, uh, during time we measured GABA changes, right? And then we conducted experiment to check whether retrograde interference occurs Uh, in children and adults and we found that retrograde interference uh, occurred in adults with 10 and 60 minutes of the time interval between the two trainings whereas in children no retrograde interference occurred in these intervals even with as short as 10 minutes of time intervals between the two trainings so this suggest that, as I said, maybe stabilization in children occurs within 10 minutes, okay, whereas stabilization takes um, around three hours or more um, in adults, according to our previous experimental result, which I did not show. So basically these results suggest that a rapid increase and the GABA concentration in early digital areas of children makes children stabilize learning so rapidly that children can learn more within, within a certain time period than adults okay so it, it, children can learn more items without learning being interfered with each other right however in the case of adults um, you, uh, they have to l- learn one item and then they need to take time to learn another item okay that is not necessary for children to do all right um, that is supported by the rapid GABA increase uh, after training in children okay that's it thank you very much Oh, okay. I need to, I need to tell, I need to tell the acknowledgement. Okay. So this, so these people were involved in the study. Okay. The Sebastian Frank um, during pandemic time, Sebastian Frank, uh, okay, we are not allowed to do any experiment in Brown University. So Sebastian went back to uh, Regensburg, Regensburg in Germany. That's, that's his hometown. And he asked his ex-advisor, uh, the professor of Reagan, University of Regensburg, Mark Greenlee, he's American actually, um, to let him use the, the magnetic resonance spectroscopy uh, tool. And then he, he talked to Ulrike Frank, who was the headmaster of an elementary school of of Regensburg, and she was very much persuaded about the importance of the research and partially because she was Sebastian's mother anyway so um, so we got a subject and experiment in Regensburg we actually we had a plan to do this experiment in Brown but in any case and then uh, the Yuka Sasaki is another professor in Brown University and Marcus Becker is an uh, is undergraduate student uh, in University of Regensburg Andrea Kieu, was an undergraduate student of Brown University. They are all involved very effectively. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for presenting your study here um, so well. It's it's so interesting, especially to me because <laughs> my PhD thesis was around. It was very general because I lit, did a lot of. Like different collaboration, but it was the role of the inhibitory system on memory and learning.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and uh, back then, the inhibitory system was so understudied. So I was very excited to see this, um, you know, that highlights the importance of <clears throat> inhibition mm-hmm. in the secretory, um, how important it is for learning. So um, it's really interesting to me Thank but you. yeah and but also in general, as you mentioned in the beginning that there are so many claims made especially from very famous people right that write books and then you, when you discuss people say that you're crazy because you don't you say there's no evidence <laughs> did you have that experience before it is just interest I right. have You know, there's this research of flow, for example, right now for concentration, Mm. all these things that people write books about and say they're researchers, but there's no real hard evidence so much.
1: I would say that they have evidence, uh, uh, you know, under the observation of children in school and uh, in that, that level of evidence. However, there was no clear neuroscientific evidence for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And how it exactly works um mm-hmm. so yeah i agree so mm-hmm. um yeah this is um really interesting so th- probably you get asked this a lot what can adults do to keep the governing system up like would it be possible um for people to take a um some sort of um maybe drug that inhibits the uptake of GABA after learning and then adults would be able to also learn more frequently
1: yeah that could be one way however if uh, you take GABA you know as a drug the GABA would be effective all over the brain right so in that case um, I'm not quite sure how much effective the the stabilization would be. So there should be some areas or some networks in which uh, glutamate or some other excitatory neurotransmitter being effective for uh, stabilization to be successful, although GABA plays a very important role in stabilization. So I think uh, one one, uh, one way of doing that, although uh, not yet developed um, about that technology, is to by making by using online neurofeedback uh, technique, a certain area's GABA concentration can be mm, uh, controlled. So, um, so that could be uh, one way to improve learning of adults. Uh, I mean that the online neural feedback is like a biofeedback of uh, which was developed a long time ago. So if you <coughs> measure the, uh, the concentration of GABA at a certain area, say early visual area like we did, and then uh, that The amount of concentration is shown to a subject in a real time basis, Um, Then (coughs) then subject if subject we we try to make uh, the concentration of GABA uh, (coughs) larger. Uh, If it it happens to to get larger, then uh, for example, circle. Showing the the representing the concentration of gamma in that area is en, is enlarged or something like that. If it is, a, and then the amount of money to be given to a subject will be in proportion to the average um, average size of uh, of the circle or something like that. So that is kind of similar to biofeedback in which subject a subject can. Uh, control their body temperature in some way. So <clears throat> by doing that kind of neurofeedback method method uh, is advanced. It is not impossible to, for, for us to <clears throat> control the concentration of GABA in, in a certain area of the brain. That could be one of the possible ways. As a matter of fact I have conducted an online neurofeedback using fMRI. However the problem is that um, I, using BOSE signal, which is measured by fMRI, um, neural feedback is possible because uh, you can take uh, the BOSE signal amount on the, onla- on, the, on the real-time basis. However, the technology has yet to be developed for MRI signals to be shown on real-time. So, there is some time lag um, between the measurement result to be shown and the real real concentration changes uh, in the brain. so this time lag needs to be much shorter in with the technological advancement. If that came true, it is possible that uh, we will be able to control the amount of GABA in in a certain targeted uh, area of the brain. That is important not only for younger adults but also older people because um, um, it is well known that the concentration of GABA in older brains uh, gets smaller than uh, younger adults. Uh, That makes learning less efficient. For example you cannot ignore noises uh, with a smaller amount of GABA, right? For example, if you take your grandfather and grandmother to a restaurant, they really would like to uh, go to a, a very quiet restaurant because they are not really uh, good at um, ignoring noises. This may be because of the smaller concentration of GABA. So, <clears throat> If GABA, more GABA is released, then they can concentrate on, on things that can enhance learning and um, well, uh, or their intelligent level. So I think that the, the controlling the amount of GABA in the future is one of the most important um, things uh, in the brain
0: science. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, related to that, did you think of, um, in the future, to check for children with um, learning disabilities if Mm -hmm. their GABA Mm -hmm. uh, response after learning is different too? Could be both ways, right? Some people maybe. Some kids
1: learn
0: a lot very fast, other, you know, cannot you know control also like an ADHD or t- autism yes. spectrum disorders where they cannot uh, you know cancel out noise and other sensory information
1: right some some of uh, mental issues came from unbalance between uh, excitatory and inhibitory neurotransmitters and some uh, came from for ex- the, the uh, a significantly small amount of some neurotransmitters right so i think uh, what neurotransmitters needs to be adjusted to a controlled um, depends on the type of mental issues um yeah certainly i would say that uh, for example um in the case of adhd um the the larger amount of GABA would Play an important role in improving some aspects of ADHD. I'm a kind of slight. slight I'm suffering from a slight attention deficit, like like many researchers. <laughs> so that would be nice <laughs> if that kind of technology has been, will be developed.
0: Yeah, me too. I can focus <laughs> very well on things that I'm very interested in, but if I'm not interested in it. Like bureaucracy documents, mm-hmm. I have a hard time reading <laughs> <laughs> and focusing.
1: But I think the, um, in a sense, you know, attention deficit uh, people tend to have more creativity than some other people. That that may be because of the the, the less cognitive control. That. Sometimes cognitive control is not best for creativity because you have to, you know, uh, behave, or think, um, you know, re- following rules, right? So, so that's maybe why there are so many great scientists uh, who have some attention deficit, uh, you know, um, tendencies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I theorize the same thing. There has to be a certain amount of chaos in the system to come up with some new ideas mm-hmm. that you don't control and and some compulsion disorder so you keep trying right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to be very stubborn and compulsive to learn certain things required for scientific you know Thank work you. I think so uh, right. yeah That's <laughs> very <laughs> interesting
1: <laughs> yeah. i find that we share something very important <laughs>
0: yes and uh, i want to hand over the microphone to dr shah welcome um please go ahead
3: yeah thank you so much for your wonderful uh talk and oh, my question you from you uh, so based up in the last slide that you just um, Uh, demonstrated uh, we see a couple of the chemicals include the glutamate creatinine and choline as well as the aspartate so when we are looking for the spectrum and that was very interesting to me in comparison with the GABA and based up the group that you just chose uh, from the children 3 to 11 years old, mm-hmm. I was just wondering to ask you about the correlation between uh, the pattern of the chemicals as well as the kind of, uh, for those children, struggle with the focal epilepsy and seizure. Because when we are talking about the GABA in another site, we are, uh, we might should consider other factors that was my first question if you have any opinion over
1: actually the um, I have done basic research so I do not know much about uh, clinical cases that is first and also MROS measured only uh, the concentration of glutamate and uh, GABA not not uh, other neurotransmitters uh, so um, I mean that the, there might be I believe that, for example, that uh, about uh, about basic mechanism of learning. I believe that stabi- even stabilization, okay, um, is uh, determined by not only um, GABA but also uh, some other types of neurotransmitters. Uh, however, because of the limitation of MRS, it is difficult to indicate. Uh, whether and how much these other neurotransmitters uh, play on play roles in stabilisation. so similarly it's it's get even more difficult to indicate that some other how and whether um, other neurotransmitters uh, play a ro- role in some mental diseases. Uh, that is for based on my personal knowledge as well as technological limitation.
3: And is there any specific reason that you chose, for example, three years old, not infants included in the research?
1: Not infants. Actually, that's what we are trying to do. First of all, that's a great question. Um, The reason why uh, we did that was, um, was kind of the environmental restriction. And uh, so, and also, um, so far, No uh, research group uh, has conducted any research using MRS with infants except for one group in Yale. Um, So we are trying to learn from them how to do that with infants. That's a great question. Um, It would be very interesting to know um, Uh, how stabilization occurs and how GABA uh, concentration change occurs with infants, that's a great question.
3: Also, do you think that just adding some phenotypical, for example, measurement, such as for example, you um, mentioned about the cognitive, or we can just talk about gait measurement and intelligence as well, can be uh, beneficial? if you want to add it into the, to your research or not.
1: Yes, I think so. Um, um, but intelligence, uh, I mean that uh, there are so many aspects determining intelligence, is that your question? Uh, so uh, <clears throat> so we, are, we just focused on learning um, and also learning, perceptual learning. So we th- although we think that pres- visual perceptual learning, Result can be extended to other types of learning and memory, which are more related to intelligence than visual perceptual learning. Um, we are not one hundred percent sure whether the result can be one hundred percent, you know, extended to other types of learning until, um, mem- for example, uh, the scientists in these fields uh, will try to. Uh, Replicate our results, but we, I'm I'm kind of optimistic about that because uh, it is because um, post-training processing is quite common among many different types of learning and memory. However, about yeah other product so for, so there are many many aspects uh, determining intelligence so the learning abilities is, is one of them right also the thinking things rapidly more rapidly it is regarded as as a result uh, uh, is a manifestation of a higher degree of intelligence and also the cognitive um, control strength is another part of it, uh, another aspect of intelligence so these these different uh, aspects of intelligence may be determined in uh, in different absorbed me- me- uh, subs- uh, by different mechanisms and different mechanisms may be driven by diff- the combination of different types of neurotransmitters and also the connectivities between different areas so um Yeah, that's a great question. However, I would say that uh, our research is only at the beginning of, of, you know, opening, uh, just, you know, just open up some, some, uh, uh, some possibilities. But that's all I could say.
3: So good luck for your future research. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your answer. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Do you still have time for two more? uh, Yes, of course. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Vicky, please go ahead. Um, In case you're away from your phone, maybe right now, uh, I'll switch Mm -hmm. over to Kyle. Kyle, do you want to go ahead? How are you?
2: Wonderful. Um, Amazing presentation. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to look into this um, a
1: lot. I hope you understand my accent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: I was just curious, um, what sort of um, like practices or dietary measures are you um, currently um, implementing in order to boost uh, your own GABA? I I would imagine that you might
1: have thought of this. That's a great question. So yeah, that 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 had been a, a big problem in the measurement of MRS because particularly, um, but not really GABA, but uh, glutamate, uh, the concentration of glutamate is greatly influenced by by the time interval uh, between. Uh, I mean that the the time passage after taking a meal. So we usually. Um, Conduct uh, the measurement strictly uh, one or well, 1.5 hours after a meal, so that uh, the 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 dietary uh, dietary uh, you know the processing or uh, nutrition in the body will not significantly influence the gamma level. But I but I w- I was l- I was less worried about, as I said, less worried about the concentration change in GABA than the concentration change in glutamate in that case. Did I answer your question? Absolutely. Um,
2: And very good point. And thank you so much. Uh, It was amazing presentation. definitely might be sending me an email or two to ask a few questions
1: in the future of course i'm happy to answer any question please do not uh, hesitate to send me emails thank you so very much thank you
0: yeah thank you and um i wanted to check with vicky vicky do you still have your question yeah go ahead
4: so i wasn't aware about Gaba before i joined the room and while you guys were having a conversation i navigated through certain nuances i'm a voice coach from india i'm using a lot of neuroscience in my technique i was reading that gaba is something that helps in relieving the stress whatever little knowledge i have about neuroscience amygdala is also something that does the same with regard to understanding the anxiety and all is there some direct correlation between the amygdala and the gaba
1: Amygdala, you mean, you are talking about Amygdala? Actually, the, uh, I, I did not hear you very well, kind of some, the voice is some vague, uh, yeah, some, there's some vagueness, so I'm sorry about that. So did you, did you, did you ask about the Amygdala and GABA?
4: Yeah. Okay. Is there some connection
1: there? Okay, Amygdala, Amygdala is a, yeah, Amygdala is a kind of area for anxiety. Uh, which could maybe, uh, uh, whose uh, malfunction could cause some uh, depression or, you know, some uh, post-traumatic memory. Um, I do not know uh, uh, about the relationship between GABA mount and um, the amygdala because, you know, amygdala is not my uh, area of specialty. Um, uh, As a neuroscientist, I, I should, I, I should tell. I should be able to tell you more about that because it's it's brain. However, I do not really know uh, the the role of GABA in the amygdala. Sorry about that.
0: I can I can tell a little bit, but maybe it's outdated because, as a PhD student, I worked in amygdala and GABA and memory. So, um, actually, very interestingly. Um, the amygdala suppresses a lot of activity to improve the signal-to-noise ratio um, to kind of in the moment that it needs to record basically a fear memory to be very efficient and very precise. And um, there, but in general, there have been recordings that people with anxiety disorders have a high activity in the amygdala, which Makes us think that um, the GABAergic uh, system is um, is weaker in people with anxiety disorders, and yeah, there are different receptors uh, transmitting, and then um, and then changing norepinephrine uh, effects. So norepinephrine is like a hormone that gets released during stress and acute anxiety that then uh, makes the memory to um, be stronger and more ingrained in the system, so it's you know it's it's not very simple though, all the interactions and they are not 100% known. But in general, th- during regular state, people with anxiety have high activities so or weaker inhibitory system, but then when a real anxiety. Or fear or threat signal comes in, um, the 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 system gets suppressed very well uh, to get like so it's it's very interesting because it kind of correlates, Takeo, to um, to your studies that GABA is very important to uh, learn efficiently and to keep the memory, uh, which you know kind of correlates there. I think that's interesting. And um, a lot of those processes, I think, in those more old brain regions, don't change so much maybe uh, during age. Uh, But it would be interesting to to do the same study and see differences in people that have PTSD and, and, and other disorders related to anxiety and measure the same way. So
4: I'm uh, reading the title. It's mentioned efficient learning in children via GABA boost. So GABA boost is something where we are tweaking the natural flow of learning. So it, is it advisable?
1: Oh, you're asking.
0: Yeah, I think we we answered a little bit the question, right? Do you want to address it again, you, Or
1: Okay, actually, then, um, I. I did not and I did not hear oh yeah you very clearly so if you repeat the question that would be helpful. yeah
0: if a gaba boosting um, would um improve basically memory
1: is it
4: advisable because you're 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 tweaking something in the brain and you are coming in between the natural learning process of the children right mm-hmm
1: so, um, so is it advisable
4: yeah. to use these kind of boosters for children education per
1: se? Yeah. Um, GABA boost, I said say that the GABA boosting uh, is helpful to stabilize learning. However, okay. The GABA boosting should not occur during training. So during training the brain needs to be flexible and plastic in, in order to do that. Um, glutamate, that is an excitatory neurotransmitter, plays an important role. So um, the the combination of glutamate, that is an excitatory neurotransmitter, during training, and GABA boosting after training, is necessary. Okay, that kind of combi- two combinations are important for improving uh, learning, or for creating uh, the keeping improving learning so that in that sense and um, GABA boosting is, is important in improving memory and learning however that is uh, not all I mean glutamate boosting during training is important for learning acquisition so the in short um excitatory signals like by good uh, enhancement in in concentration of glutamate is necessary for acquisition of learning and inhibitory processing which occurs uh, with GABA is necessary for consolidating learning. Uh, Am I answering your question?
4: Yes okay, great. but I'm not aware which countries are using it nowadays The country from where I come from, uh, we don't use any kind of booster with regard to learning.
2: Uh,
4: for any kind of learning or training because I'm a coach. I've been training people. We never use any boosters.
1: Are you a training people?
4: Yeah, I'm a voice coach.
1: Oh, I see. So, but you you used some chemicals? Nothing. Okay. I see. I see. So only you... the hard
4: work. The only chemical is hard
1: work. That's it. Oh, I see. Okay. I see.
4: So, so are there some countries which are propagating this? Because we are
1: mm-hmm. not aware. I, I see. Uh, so... I, I actually, I, um, I would say that uh, it, it depends on, th- that's a kind of difficult question, because um, I personally, I do not recommend that any chemical uh, should be used to normal people. Normally, uh, no, uh, the people whose brain functions normally and the food's learning ability is normal. I don't, I, I don't want, I don't like uh, any chemicals to be used just to improve learning uh, with normal people. If uh, <clears throat> so, because there could be some side effects for that. Um mm. yeah, um, I, that, 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 that's my personal opinion. Okay, so um, if training is made uh, to improve learning uh, without relying on chemicals, that would be much better, in my opinion. Yeah. However, my there, opinion too. Yeah. Yeah, there are cases in which just um, behavior training is not sufficient uh, to uh, for some cases. In that case, uh, that partic- the cases of some clinical diseases, and clinical related uh, malfunctions or dysfunctions, or uh, the, or due to aging, um, if necessary, the, chem- the, the, the chemical may play an important role, but only mm-hmm. in these cases, that, that's my uh, opinion. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: We have one more person, Um, Einar, if you have time. And um, because I don't want to overstretch your patience. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you. It's okay. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Einar, go ahead.
2: Yeah, hi, Katarina. Hi, everyone. Uh, okay, okay. Just a quick question I came late in this room, but uh, does glutamate um, um, is it like centralized um, yeah, or does it work in actually no, the same way all, all over the uh, the, the brain? Here, when it comes to neurotransmitters, or does it does decay? You know I mean? Thank you.
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah, actually, there are, I would just uh, I would say that uh, the glutamate is effective almost all over the brain. Yeah, so is uh, GABA. It, am I answering your question? Um, yeah
2: uh kind of um but like if this this yeah but this is like uh the 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 glutamate is uh is the neurotransmitters right right right. and uh uh, does it affect the the synapses when you go out of the cst like further out of the 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 central system or
1: do you have any
4: questions yes Uh,
1: actually the um the um, usually, synaptic efficacy uh, is associated with changes in uh, uh, in uh, many neurotransmitters, including GABA. Uh, so, and also the GABA amounts, uh, GABA actually uh, is um, is related to glial cells and also interneurons. So uh, there are s- several different sources of GABA uh, GABA changes, and uh, so we, we the the, the usually uh, usually question when I talk about GABA amount changes uh, is that uh, is this related to glial cells or is it isn't it related to in- inhibitory interneurons development? So I say that um, this may not at least. Uh, the amount of GABA changes which are correlated, correlated with learning in performance is related to either synaptic efficacy changes or uh, inhibitor interneurons, mm-hmm. not GLIA, because GLIA is not supposed to do uh, function related to uh, learning. So um, to answer your question, uh, the GABA is, I would say that the GABA is almost ubiquitous in the brain.
2: Thank you. Um, thank you. I, I, yeah, I don't uh, study this subject, so um, um, yeah, but thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome.
0: Well, thank you so much for um, coming here and presenting your research and uh, answering so many questions. Um,
1: You're very welcome. I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, chatting with you and the audience.
0: Well, thank you. Well, that's very nice to hear because um, it, you know, it it it's, it should be good for both, you know, for us, but also for you. It Should be fun and. Um, I am so glad that you do this research, that we finally you know, get to know what's the mechanism of learning and differences in mm-hmm. aging. So, um, yeah, I'm very curious to continue following your work uh, you in too. the future. And we wish you all the luck and um, a lot of collaborations and, and funding for this. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. So thank you so much for doing this work.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Also, thank you for coming, asking questions. And if you like discussions like this, um, we'll have another talk um, on Friday. Um, Diffusion art or digital forgery. It's um, big data analysis and and ethics around ai the new ai platforms it's a really interesting was a really interesting publication and very very hardly discussed topic so yeah if you want to join us on friday I'm, I'm looking forward to hear you all back and thank you thank you so much again it was such a pleasure oh, thank to you talk very much you. okay i'll close the room in three okay. two one bye everyone thank bye. you